on this episode of Japan 2.0. I had this idea of what Tokyo looked like in my head, and it was these, you know, these towers of like creative people, which,、mm. you know, of course, you have these expectations and、um, you wonder if they're true. Hello and welcome to Japan 2.0, your favorite podcast about Japan and all things Japan. That's right.、Uh, all things Matt and David Japan, right? That's right. Like things you, know, you don't know、style. about, but probably should. That's our official tagline. Yeah. That's right.、Uh, yeah. Welcome.、Uh, it's been a while since we recorded together. Yeah.、We're、By the way, if you're a first time listener, I'm Matt. This is David. And today we're here to、uh, talk about cool Japan. This has been one in the works, one that we've been. Had on the back burner for a long time. Yeah, I think it's been in our one of our documents for a really long time, yeah, right? Like, we like, made this like manifesto when we first started. What was it now? Three years ago or so? Yeah.、And、this is one of the like only ones we haven't done. So, <laughs> yeah, so now we have no more ideas after yeah, this.、So. We're done, retired. Yeah, this is going to be the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> I've been so, saying that a lot lately. <laughs> the title. <laughs> yeah, what are you trying to subliminally <laughs> say?、Uh, the title for this one is kind of tongue in cheek.、Uh, cool Japan. What is it, Matt? Uh, well, Cool Japan is a slogan that the Japanese government came up with to kind of promote Japanese culture and、uh, aspects of Japanese culture. Yeah. Anime, kimono, you know, Probably, like what, samurai. A little, little less than 10 years ago, would you say? Maybe eight years ago, seven years ago? Yeah, and、uh, posters started popping up all over the place. And,、yeah. um, and especially in Tokyo, I think it, for me, I started seeing that in Tokyo a lot. Yeah. And.、Um, And it was posters promoting, you know, just Japanese society and Japanese、right. culture, you know, like the traditional culture and also modern culture. Right. And when we came up with this podcast, the whole reason I think we wanted to call it 2.0 was like, we just we wanted to avoid what the Japan cool things, the things the government has is Japan cool sushi,、uh, robots, kimono, all stuff that I, I do love and like about Japan. And of course, they were like, Initial draws when I was a middle school kid reading about Japan.、Um, but that's not, you know, why I guess I like Japan, like want to live here, why I'm obsessed over Japan. I think most most people, you know,、uh, who are into Japan, those are not the things that, that do it for them. It's almost like all the superficial, kind of cheesy reasons to, to like Japan. I think in a lot of ways it's the repurposing of the culture, you know, and you see it with hip, things like hip hop, right? Yeah, where, appropriation, right? Where you're yeah, using a, it to make money. Exactly.、Uh, one of, I mean, one, a great example that I heard, I can't remember who said it, but、um, it, it was、uh, Barney Rubble in the Pebbles commercial, you know, Pebble, Free Pebbles, a cereal, yeah,、okay. uh, American okay. cereal. Going deep here, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> anyways, they were talking about how, like, in hip hop,、uh, a lot of times they'll see, like, hip hop in. You know, advertisements and things like that, but that's not truly what hip hop is, right? It's not wearing the chains and having the hat and the, you know, the Run DMC、oh, hat. I see where Barney had. So Barney had a little hip hop flair, is that right? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so, right. like,、uh, putting those things, a lot of times, you know,、uh, advertisers or,、um, will put those things, you know, and they're trying to use the popularity of hip hop, but they don't really quite. It's not getting to what is great about hip hop, right? Right. So I feel like Cool Japan is the same, it's kind of the same idea. Japanese government appropriating Japanese culture. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not that kimonos aren't cool, it's, or it's not that you know,、uh, giant robots aren't cool, it's that.、Um, monetizing it. And, monetizing it and making it like, you know, this. Stripping down like the kind of history or story behind it, right? Right, right. And、um, kind of the grassrootsness of it, right? Or, and I, I feel like、um, that always kind of takes something out of,、um, sure. you know, I guess what makes something、yeah. neat or interesting. It becomes a bit sterile. Yeah, it becomes yeah. sterile, it becomes manufactured. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I would agree, it's kind of twofold. The things they choose aren't always maybe the coolest things about Japan, or 
yeah, I don't know. It's like what your your grandpa or your older dad might <laughs> say is, is cool about something. So anyway, you're questioning is Japan so cool? Because I do think Japanese government was on to something. Uh, one reason why I think、uh, Japan is a very sought after country, a place a lot of people want to go to. When I lived in Korea, I didn't have anyone wanting to come visit me. But as soon as I moved to Japan, you know, people start getting emails and stuff saying, "Oh, can I come visit? Can I come stay with you?" And that's because I think Japanese culture is something that's like adorned, you know, by the Western world. Yeah, I think we have.、Um, even before we came to Japan, we had an idea of what we would see and what we,、um, you know, what is popular in Japan.、Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows if you come to Japan, you could get sushi. You know, it's not a surprise. You could get ramen, right? I mean, it's you. These things are going to be. Going to be there, and I think it is the clever marketing, you know, on on the part of the whole country. But I think that、um, maybe using the word "cool" is, I guess, kind of the di- the is, dated. Is not cool. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. the dated、um, aspect, right? It's lit. Japan, Japan lit. Japan、so、lit. Cool. Yeah, even, even that's far gone now, right? <laughs> I don't know, but、um, I want to say one other thing. Because Japan woke. Well, that's right. Another thing this episode is kind of prefaced by is,、uh, I, I guess they're pretty much defunct now. But、uh, like Neo Japanism, one of our big、uh, inspirations, and something that did teach me about the cool side of Japan beyond the kind of the basic stuff.、Um, I remember taking one of my first, my second trip out here. No, it was my first trip out here. Yeah, I remember really getting deep and reading their articles with more of a kind of like、uh, purpose than I ever had before. Because about ready to come, and I came across a podcast. It might have been called like Harajuku. Requiem or Her- yeah, Harajuku Requiem, yeah, yeah, and it was kind Don- of a- Donkatsu tapes was another episode. Yeah, yeah. those two were a really kind of pessimistic view on how Japan's not as、uh, interesting or not the like mecca for like art and design and the, yeah, the things that I guess I'm interested in record shops, clothing shops that it was like ten years when they arrived. I started kind of getting like, oh man, am I going to be really disappointed by this trip to Japan? Is it not cool anymore? Basically, they were answering the question we're asking today: Is Japan still cool?、Uh, is it still like this amazing cultural place? It's just on another level from anything else. Is that does that still exist? Is that still true? Do they reign supreme? Are they, they kind of the kings?、Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we want to start back with like what we kind of expected from Japan, or why we thought it was going to be this amazing place before we came here. Well, I think、um, going to the Neo Japanism、uh, kind of their podcast and their blogs and, and posts and, and things like that, they're coming at J- Japan as cool. I mean, their cool era is like kind of the cool era that we also started learning about the Japanese subcultures and things like that, and that was during the nineties、mm-hmm. when、um, there's an economic bubble that was about to burst. And everybody had a magazine. Everybody had like a record record label and a clothing label and stuff like that.、Yeah. And so、um, a lot of information coming out of Japan was starting to reach us. You know, the internet was on the right. Ri- it was just starting. Yeah. You know, and、um, this information was coming coming from Japan, and we we got a window into those those aspects of、um, Japanese like hip life or young people life. You know, like twenties. Yeah. People in their twenties, people in their thirties, and、um, they were living here while all that cool stuff was, you know, hitting、yeah. us, right? And so when the bubble burst and the money was gone, you know, of course, some of the that influx of art, you know, and the influx of、um, this create creative boom, I mean, it, it had to slow down, you know. I mean, there was, yeah, mid nine, like the bubble, I think, officially burst in like eighty nine, ninety or something like that. But the culture was still prevailing. I think there's still money in the system. You know, people had all this money for like ten years after. Yeah. And the neo Japanism critiques that I started hearing were coming out. This is around like 2000 and like seven or something like、yeah. that. Late late 2000s,、um, which yeah would be kind of far after that bubble burst. You know.、Um, I'll, I'll. But when when do you think like Japan started becoming cool? You know, like I mean,、uh, for just to get an idea I, of like, yeah, where so you, I think you have to look at from, two、right? windows that you kind of previewed. I think Japan was getting cool in like 1991, 1992, around then. For in my opinion,、um, again, how am I determining cool? Yeah, kind of art, fashion, music. You know,、uh, just people doing experimental, cool stuff on a different level from the Western world, really pushing boundaries.、Um, however. 
for that to get over to me in Michigan was in like early 2000s. So the things that I was getting into from Japanese culture in like 2002, 2003, for me, that's like graduating high school, um, were actually 10, sometimes, yeah, 10 years old. And I didn't realize that. I thought they were now. I thought this is stuff. It was cutting edge. This is cutting edge. It's coming out now. Even something, I'll take a really cliche example, like Dragon Ball, right? I thought Dragon Ball is like a show that was still coming out. You know, I didn't realize it was 20 years old, you know. Um, Let's take that to like the nth degree with almost everything. And yeah, like I was listening to Cornelius thinking that was coming out then. Yeah, it was. He had an album, a song called like Drop coming out that same year. But that wasn't what I was into. I was going back, you know, to phantasma and stuff and i guess i just wasn't checking the dates on things or i didn't really put two and two together to realize oh it's just taking like 10 years for these to be exported to the u.s right which you know we had the internet then but it wasn't you know it wasn't like it was like it is now i mean millennials will know that you've had the internet your whole life and we we had to suffer through the dark ages so but i I would say what about you what do you say for me it's the same you know i mean i've always been interested in japan and part of japan cool was were the things that you know are just pretty generic right like sushi and kimono and you know japanese gardens the first stage the first round right right and um growing up you know i saw those and then i was big into nintendo and that's where and nintendo games and Mm -hmm. all the import of japanese ideas through video games Mm -hmm. and that's where you start to recognize like um I don't know the same symbolism and stuff in in, in the uh, art, right? Mm-hmm. If you consider Japan game, games, video games art, which I do, of course. And um, and then uh, I think it would be yeah, I would think the early '90s when um, the Japanese uh, there would be Japanese articles in video game magazines and things like that, and that's probably where it started. And then from there, it went got into like the other zines, magazines, the fashion magazines and stuff. I would find, you mm-hmm. know, here, here and there, and just start compiling the information about, you know, of what I like about Japanese culture and all, all the the little subculture things. Yeah. So for for me, I guess why so it'd be the '90s as well. I yeah. kind of said before, like Japan's on another level, right? And what I meant by that was like the kind of shops you might find where you had like, yeah records and cool like boutique clothes and like video games being sold like all in one shop you know i just think about going in new york or la or something like that and like you just wouldn't find a shop that that had that or these weird like collaborations between companies working together you know there's nowhere else in the world that was selling you know some collaboration between like columbia records and cornelius and put out their own you know record transparent you know record player but you go to this one shop in tokyo and it, it had it right yeah just to me that was kind of like japan was like the mecca or whatever um or thinking about uh there was um the uh, nigo who did babe had a shoe store out there where the shoes are all on a conveyor belt in daikinyama yeah you know it was like a you uh, grocery shopping store you had like a basket and you go pick it and just these crazy concept ideas like you know people dream of but they had the money or whatever the backing to do it and they were just making these just kind of crazy uh shops that to me is what i say like japan cool like there was no like china wasn't doing that we didn't have it in the u.s it wasn't being done in london like japan was like in my opinion the creative cultural of the world i would say like the closest um analog to to japan for me at the time was new york because Mm -hmm. so many things that i I appreciate came from new york you know comic books and and hip-hop music and you know i love new york hip-hop and stuff and uh, and so I think like Tokyo felt the same way that New York felt to me growing up where mm. uh, it seemed like a place where it was a condensed version of like Los Angeles or something where all the art and stuff was in one place and all these creative minds were working together to, you know, do fashionable things or have galleries and, and you know, you're not far from like some sort of independent art right yeah, yeah, yeah where um where other places in the states i guess you know where we grow up you know it's things are a lot more spread out you know you don't mm-hmm. have that the, the concentration con- the concentration and so i guess my my thought of tokyo you know is i had this idea of what tokyo looked like in my head and it was these you know these towers of like creative people which mm-hmm. you know of course you have these expectations and um you wonder if they're true yeah and 
you're also getting art through art, right? Through a magazine or mm. through something like that. So it's a curated view, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm. I don't know if you know I was too far off, but you know it's it's one of those things where when you when you kind of idealize something, you know it it kind of becomes its own thing in your mind. Yeah. And you know when you're watching anime and stuff, and they have the you know proximity cup of noodles or the vending machines mm. and it looks so colorful and interesting yeah uh you just think like everything looks like that and uh i suppose uh you know I, those were the expectations i set for myself you know and that's what i was expecting and i guess it kind of you kind of get it yeah and I, I think i think tokyo too is a is all all the art and all the things that we got were coming from tokyo Right and from these specific people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it gave just, us a kind of a skewed view. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things that people tell us about our podcast is that it is a Kansai-based podcast, right? Which is almost like a different country in some ways from Tokyo, right? Sure. So yeah, when you're consuming most media, when it's not Japan 2.0, <laughs> you're getting like this Tokyo-centric view, right? Right. So all the things we're talking about, yeah, are very much Tokyo. So. I think our answer, which we're not going to fully get into yet, you know, is interesting because we don't live there. We live in Kansai. And is Japan so cool? Well, that whole expectation of what we had to be cool was really talking about Tokyo, a city that's, you know, way, way bigger than where we are now in Osaka. Yeah. Even. So it's a bit of an unfair comparison, but we go to Tokyo a lot to kind of have that comparison. I would say just kind of right before that first trip, I think we'll kind of get into our first trips and our first, you know, ex- our feelings when we first came on vacation. I remember, yeah, just so I was like, all right, man, I don't know, man, is this going to be good? And we were living in Seoul at the time when I went. So mm-hmm. Seoul is another awesome city. Seoul, arguably, was very much up and coming. Some people were arguing around that same time it was about ready to steal or had stolen uh, Tokyo or Japan's spotlight as, like, the coolest, you know, place in Asia. Uh, and, yeah, I just remember the first day, you know, I just knew, first hour, I was like, nope. Japan's definitely still cool. Like any, anything I was reading on Neo Japanism, like I don't know, those guys are jaded or just been here too long and they can't appreciate it. Or maybe it's a very, very relative thing. And I, I were just thinking right away, like, yeah, if this isn't cool, then man, I can't, I can't imagine what they're referring to ten years ago because how, how could it be any better than this? I've just felt so overwhelmed with things to see and stuff to do and ways to lose all my money, all my savings, and like. And I could have spent my entire savings and like if the first day I saw enough stuff I wanted to buy and do, you know, um, I just couldn't imagine anymore. Almost to the levels like I don't know if I'd want more. I'd be too overwhelmed, you know. We'll get into it later. But, you know, that was like almost 10 years ago for me now. And it's on vacation versus living here. And again, it's in Tokyo versus living in for me, Kobe. But uh, yeah, your first impression yeah, so I, way too, I had the benefit of going to Tokyo before listening to the the neo Japanese uh, critique. you know critiques. Yeah. So um, when I got there, uh, I mean, I was just blown away. It was it wasn't what I, you know, it wasn't it couldn't be what I saw in my my imagination. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it blew away my expectations in so many different ways. And I, like you said, there was never a shortage of things to see or. Um, amazing sites or amazing places to go um, visit or foods to eat or clothes to buy I mean it was just uh, sensory overload almost you know and and it's part of the reason why whenever anyone asked me you know how many days should I stay in Tokyo I'm like well if you come for 14 days you could probably spend all 14 days in Tokyo is because it's just just so much to do and see so many different districts and neighborhoods that have unique fields yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so in a lot of ways it met my expectations but it was different Mm. than my expectations right does that make any sense yeah it wasn't exactly what you thought it was going to be but it was cool in another way yeah yeah just a different perspective yeah yeah like my imagination perspective was just slightly skewed Probably from the probably from the magazines I read, and mm. you know, I, I thought maybe I thought I'd see more fashionable people, or maybe I thought, which yeah. at the same time I did, but it's not in the concentration that it is. So I remember was in my imagination. Yeah, right? Reading right before my trip, I remember reading like the Harajuku girl thing, like isn't a thing anymore, and it's only really on Sunday that you can see it, and things like that. So like, I I was a little disappointed by that. 
but I wasn't su- shocked or surprised. I, it's like one of those things like I had read, but I just couldn't believe it's true. Nah, surely it's not. Like I'm only reading this on New York Japan as nowhere else. Like everywhere else is still talking about when Stefani's still doing Harajuku girls, it's really it's real, you know? Yeah. It has and to uh be. <laughs> Yeah, so like I wanted to kinda of see the Gingaro style and stuff like that and you know, I, I didn't see that on that trip. I remember Shibuya in general to me was disappointing. Uh I thought you know, from a game really like Jet Set Radio that kind of really takes place in Shibuya. And, you know, Shibuya is such an infamous cultural hub. I remember getting off there and just feeling like, this place is pretty, like, rough around the edges. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but... Yeah. It has, just, like, oh, uh, bootleg just, clothing and, yeah. There's, like, a little bootleg district that was a little... Yeah, threw me off for sure. Like, uh, the shoes, you know, all the Jordan guys selling Jordans and stuff. But then this everything that was there was just franchises. This is all, like, the big corporations and no, like, cool little unique artistic shops you know um later i've said you know go listen to our tokyo episodes and stuff but all the neighboring districts of shibuya you just walk 10 minutes from like the, the crossing and there's super cool stuff going on but yeah I, I didn't actually end up finding that on that trip so i remember those two things to me were a little bit disappointing but like 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 you said there were surprises too and you're just so much to do that's like okay well that doesn't exist anymore that's sad i missed that but yeah it's, there's so many other things to be distracted with at least on a couple of vacations for sure yeah so maybe now final words and we'll take a break and we'll talk about li- living how that compares to vacation yeah sure um yeah i mean c- coolness is so subjective right of like course. i, I want i want to bring this up that like why yeah, you know right. like w- what might be cool to to me might not be cool to you know our faithful listener or you know or to you you know i mean they're they're different ways to approach this and so um before we go into the second part i just want to say that like you know we're not saying that you know you might think everything that japan cool says is cool and that's that's up to you if the historic side of japan is what's cool to you like seeing temples and things like that which are definitely cool to me pretty much everything we've said thus far is not gonna apply to you right we're talking about very cosmopolitan like kind of art culture modern culture based things that's yeah. kind of how we're determining it but we've, i think we kind of clearly said that in the beginning but yeah, yeah, yeah there's so many other parts of japan like if you're in the calligraphy or flower arrangement or all those really cool parts yeah of course that stuff's never <laughs> going away so yeah a- anyway I mean, yeah. that's basically what i was getting at yeah. so um yeah i mean we'll come back after this break and then we'll discuss uh how living here has changed our opinions or has it changed Confirmed our opinions? yeah <laughs> we'll be right back yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, we're back for Japan 2.0 Hacks. We haven't done a special segment in a while. Uh, and this is kind of an up-and-coming one. Uh, some you know, co-workers of mine have been telling me about had my ear to the ground on what's cool in japan uh, and um a lot of countries in the world are doing kind of like digital currency or digital payment you know move beyond the, the debit card even and uh, in a lot of ways we said japan's really not not cool in this way and that there's still a cash-based society unless you think analog's cool and you you like that kind of return to the simple uh for me it can be quite annoying though i just have to pay in cash and i do wish there were more options but what I'm here to report today is I, th- I think Japan's kind of finally starting to turn a leaf. And like a lot of things, this is probably motivated by the Olympics, co- Olympics coming and them realizing they're a little bit slow in some areas, which I'm sure we'll kind of get into in our final segment here. But um, yeah, a coworker of mine just got uh, something called Pepe. And uh, it's a really interesting name. It's like a little red logo. And basically it's a competitor to like, yeah, a- Apple Cash or Apple Money. Um, in the states, I guess those would be the most popular. Uh, eh, what's the, the currency? Big, Bitcoin, Bitcoin yeah. right? Um, and then in China, WeChat's this massive thing. You can pay any mom and pop, any small little like grandpa just selling something on the corner in China. You can just scan a UPC code um, and pay. You know, it's all aligned with your bank account. Yeah. And uh, Japan's you know, this is the complete opposite of that. But but yeah, what my coworker, Chris, friend of the show, Chris, was telling me was that uh, yeah, he's thinking he just got enrolled in Pepe because like his daycare and we live in a really kind of small little town the daycare is allowing you can pay the monthly payment with that <laughs> I just couldn't believe that I was like yeah alright it's only at the convenience store even our little grocery store in our town I probably wouldn't accept it it's just a convenience store man and I, I can already pay with like my Suica there and stuff 
And he's like, no, 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 pay attention, man. More places are starting to have it. And in the past week, yeah, I've been looking around and a lot of shops I've seen are accepting PayPay or even there's a Chinese one called Alipay. And uh, that Alipay one is kind of taken off here. I don't know why WeChat, I think is the biggest one in China. That one's not here yet. But my point is, if the whole cash base thing in Japan really kind of freaks you out, uh, look in the PayPay. You're saying a lot of it is actually in English. Some some of the pages aren't. Some of the things you need to do, uh, you can just use like Google Translate. But the bulk of it, the app does have like English. So if you're coming out here and you're worried about exchanging money and all that, um, PayPay seems to be one that's kind of taking off if you wanted to kind of enroll in that or to get into that. Um, yeah, like big department stores definitely have a lot of the alternative ones. Like I've seen PayPal and stuff at, at those ones. Um, or the Apple, Apple Money, Apple Cash. Um, but yeah, if you're looking so, for like a local so one. If you if you get, like, I'm just, this is a question yeah. just to, how, how do they charge you? Does it come out of directly out of your bank account or d- can you use yeah, they're tied. Like Apple Pay? Each one is a little bit different. The PayPay one, uh, you can link into your bank account or sometimes you can even go to like the convenience stores and like charge, charge okay. it. So you'd open the app, you'd give them cash and it like it charges it. They have okay. like a special partnership, I guess. Um, yeah, each one's slightly different, you know, but either you a bank account or you're just legit. You could go in, in person and, and charge them up. So read the terms of services. Yeah, right. yeah check, check them out. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not like a pro um, on these, but these are things that are kind of just starting to take off in Japan. So uh, if you live here, you know, look into that. And if uh, you're visiting and you're kind of weary about the cash, you have to carry around a couple hundred dollars with you, which is pretty normal. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm used to it by now. But you know, if you read whenever all, someone visits me, they're always weirded out. They're like, "Well, I'll just use my Visa card." And I, uh, no, actually, this this uh, yeah. this shop's not going to take Visa. It's you need to 20, pull out some cash. It's like yeah. we're in spring 2019 right now. Just in case you're going back and listening. And my point is, like, if you get a travel guide or something, it's definitely going to tell you cash only. My point is, I think actually in the next year you're going to see a change in that. That's, that's my prediction. So, uh, yeah, look look into it. Check out PayPay. Use Google PayPay Japan. P A Y P A Y. And PayPay your life away. All right, and we are back. So, of course, vacation is almost always great, especially if it's, you know, a culture that you love or you're into, you know, vacation is going to wow you. I mean, for me, vacationing anywhere, I'll think the country is cool yeah, just like, because, you know, move, I want to move here yeah, and yeah. fresh. You that's know? right. That's yeah. right. But, you know, living somewhere is a true test, especially for us, maybe living somewhere that, you know, Matt and I are no hidden. That if we could be, if we could transfer our lives over to Tokyo, <laughs> we would. We would. Uh, so we don't live there. You know, we are away from the kind of cultural hub and stuff. So I guess we should kind of break this up, Japan as a whole, and then kind of then could focus on Tokyo. But how, how do you feel like living here for almost five years now? Yeah. Right? Uh, how do you feel that's changed on Japan being cool? Do you feel Japan is still like the number one place, number one country in the world doing those things we've already kind of predetermined that are cool for us? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, for me, it meets, it, it does meet those expectations that I was talking about in the first half of the podcast and that, you know, the things in the 90s that I thought were really cool are still things that I think are cool. And it just might be because I grew up, you yeah. know, loving those those yeah, aspects, yeah, yeah. right? And I do believe that the, that those aspects are alive and strong in Japan, and they are still continuing. The music, you know, um, you know, I grew up when I was growing up. When I was a teenager, I was into funk and soul and hip hop and all that stuff. And there's still groups of people that are so dedicated like, to in that. In 2018, right? no, say last year, you feel like the new music coming out then is just as cool as what was coming out in the 90s. I think there's been um, a lot of good music coming out of Japan. I think it's been consistent. You know, like the, the, of course, there's going to be a lot of junk that you know, trash and stuff. But I think that you could say that about any culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I go back to '90s music. Not everything in the '90s I loved either, right? Yeah. So I think there was maybe more of it, and just because of the money being pumped into it in the '90s and early 2000s. Mm. But um, but I think right now, especially right now, there's been a um, there's been a. a a lot of music that is spoken to me, you know, like modern music. You and know, I, a lot of like, uh, I want to just give some credibility here and say th- this is a big deal that Matt's saying this because it might even be on podcast record. Go back to like the first year, but it wasn't to 
about three years ago that Matt, I think, was saying, like, yeah, most most modern music isn't good. There's no point in really listening to modern music anymore. Uh, that, I, right? I, Correct? I, I've said You've that on the past. Yeah, yeah, so that I means that Japanese modern music right now, twenty since 2017, I think, has kind of won you over. Well, I think there's a lot of interesting... There are a lot of th- interesting things happening, and there's also... Um, I think a lot of especially the hip-hop artists that i like here in japan are going back to like the roots the roots yeah. you know i mean tribe called quest kind of st- you know like native tongues kind of it helps like the, hip-hop the, production and stuff our all-time favorite time period in the early 90s is like back again right i think yeah. everywhere in the world in japan too and um yeah it helps that that's the thing they're drawing inspiration from is our favorite time period right yeah so of it kind of makes sense that this would be the time we're going to like modern stuff because they're they're pulling from making references to the things we love yeah it was things kids grew up with here in japan right and now they're starting to make it like their parents were probably listening to this stuff and now they're making that kind of music right yeah and um so i mean that speaks to me it's kind of like the resurgence of like 80s music that happened you know a few years back and you see um i mean for me that aesthetic that you know that grunge kind of style the the you know 90s hip-hop vibe you know that's my favorite you know let's our favorite it's era our jam so, yeah so um to see that come make a, a comeback you know is good and and yeah i i'm i'm finding myself opening up to and appreciating mm-hmm. more modern music just in general you know like my wife she listens to a lot more modern stuff than i do mm-hmm. and um you know i've been listening to some stuff with her and i've been appreciating it a lot more so you know it's always good to have an open mind people you know try to <laughs> try to be open-minded yeah i think the yeah. way i tried really selling it to you was hey, hey, you're a big influence as well too, so. like why would i want let's take jurassic five uh-huh. why do i want them why do i want some new band to try to compete with with what they're doing when they've already done it so well I can go back and listen to they got a good number of music out and then they have their inspirations too right? I go back to the 80s and there's so so much 80s hip hop I could still discover there's you know, oh yeah tons there's so much coming out then and in the 90s too if I wanted to I could go find new just, just no time to listen to it so why do I want new people to try to like fake that time period that they're not from when they could be doing something new you know uh, or same go back to soul or funk music right there's, you go choose a country choose Ethiopia right Ethiopia's got a bunch of good funk and soul go there spend the next five years of your life listen to that rather than you know some 20 year old kid in 2018 trying to make something that's not sincere to the times sure so like, people gotta move on man people gotta do new things and you listen to the old stuff for that sound and you just gotta try something new yeah i mean always gonna listen to like you know older music i'm sure the majority of it but you know it is good to I, i'm glad that i'm trying to you know broaden broaden horizons. Horizons. you're exactly. doing it you're successful yeah. Yeah, um, not an old percussion-y but part man. of but this goes into something else about cool going back to cool Japan and yeah. that is um, you know I wonder if it is nostalgia that is makes me feel that Japan is still really yeah, cool and an up and comer yeah. right you know or in the world you know or a, a cultural hub yeah. for the world and um, I wonder if young people feel the same way that we do you know mm-hmm. I mean do they feel like japan is and i'm talking people in their 20s you know or in their teens to 20s you know yeah, yeah. i mean are they interested in japan the same way we are because you could go on the internet and why well, keep and, wanting to put like i think korea is the the competitor if there is someone that's taking that spotlight away sure and if we're gonna while we're on top of the music you go to k-pop right mm-hmm. well in terms of s- mainstream success K-pop the answer is- would be that korea is cooler than japan right now and has been for the last five years probably right yeah maybe even more um because like there's people doing tours going on like like the popular late night shows oh yeah yeah what they call black pink and uh there's a boy one too oh when i was back home my sister was talking all about them and my sister has never shown any interest in aging culture you know like you know no big interest you know but she was like oh yeah this this korean band i had no idea who they were but she was saying oh yeah they're playing down the street bts bts i think it was that one they're, they're the big ones and um and then their songs were on the radio like just like on mm-hmm. mainstream radio I, I was blowing my mind i'll go yeah i mean again i just proved that i'm not in the know because i could barely think of bts's name but listen to them and go listen to big bang and tell me what's changed in k-pop in 10 years because 
I, I would argue that they've kind of been stagnant for the last 10 years. Like, I think Big Bang was kind of an awesome, like, cultural, they're very artistic, you know, they did, wrote all their own stuff and all that. But I feel like everyone's just been, the guy groups have just been copying them and the girl groups have just been copying 21 since then. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really added a whole lot new to the mix. Yeah. I so, wonder I wonder if they're taking, because I see a lot of articles, especially on Kotaku, which is a, you know, video game blog that mm-hmm. also does some Asian culture stuff. And they keep talking about, and I, mind you, I don't always click on this. I'm just reading the headlines. Yeah, yeah. But they're always talking about how um, some of the, these songs are taking Latin Latin vibes, or you know. So I wonder if K-pop is starting to do what Japan did back in the day, where they took sure. aspects of yeah. you know Western and and um, you know international culture, and then uh, you know I think every every movement has its uh, influences and inspiration, you know, yeah. points. But um, so music, I would argue, yeah, I'd say <laughs> overall, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff going on with modern Japanese music. The biggest difference is that it's um, just it's in the underground. You're not going to like turn on Japanese TV and hear this or turn on Japanese radio or just pop in any club and hear it. You got to like, and I would say the same as with Western music right now. So you turn on the Western radio, it's, it's horrible, right? Yeah. But you go on the Internet, you do a little YouTube search and you look at those youtube algorithms on the sidebar those suggested things and you find amazing stuff coming out right now uh in any country but i think yeah japan's the same way you know a lot of concerts i want to go see the fuji rock lineup every year it's got all the cool you know modern japanese artists i want to hear on it so yeah i'd say there's no, no shortage on the music front um going on there for, for me with the clothes i feel like yeah, the clothing shops are, are awesome like i can't imagine it I've been to London, I've been to New York, I've been to Paris, I've been all those major those major places in the last five years. I've not been to China before. I've been to Seoul, been to Hong Kong. Yeah, for me, easily, Tokyo blows any of those away. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think the biggest place that have, in my opinion, that has taken the biggest hit as far as, like, mm-hmm. coolness, you know, has been animation. I agree you know, with that. Uh, I totally agree with that. I think that the animation quality has really taken a dive. I think it's the expense of animation mm. and maybe the um, the inability to capture quite what's special about Japanese animation in CG, yeah. you know? So, like, computer animation is, is gone in the West is... I mean, we were, taking, we're talking about yeah. uh, off, off mic about Into the Spider-Verse, which has incredible in my opinion some of the best animation that i've seen from computer animated film right and um you know the the movement is very fluid it's probably even more anime than modern anime you know in my in my opinion you know yeah and it's just a shame because um japan used to have like some of the greatest animation western you know production houses are like doing anime japanese style on par to better than what's going on in Japan. Yeah. I'm making kind of more avant-garde stuff. I want to give a quick shout-out to one uh, anime that came out this year, last year. It's really cool. It's called The Night is Short Walk-On Girl. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of connected to the Tatami to Galaxy. It's a movie yeah. of the Tatami Galaxy. So, yeah, they take in the manga. the same characters. The t- same story. They just truncated it yeah. down to two hours. But that came out last year, and that was awesome. And that's in the style that I want more of all the time. So, to yeah, me, you get one or two things a year. Yeah, that's not a big surprise because, I mean, our favorite art houses, you know, the animation houses in Japan are um, Studio Four, Four Degrees, Degrees and Madhouse. And Madhouse, good, yeah. right? And they are always coming out with something. Thing that's worth watching they've, you know? but they've slowed down a but, lot yeah. yeah they've been doing a lot of western western commission stuff too transformers mm. animations and you know or cartoons and things like that yeah and um but i think that you know it's just that's one place where i just i just see the suffering you know of i totally, the animation, totally you know? like the quality just think of all the, the cool like manga and anime you love probably and most of it hasn't come out in the last five years. I guarantee. I almost bet yeah. you that your favorite series. Yeah. Uh, I think manga is just as strong as ever, but you know that requires that's, a different skill set. I think know? that's another underground thing too. Where if you go, you know, to Shonen Jump, what's in there is probably not that great anymore. But uh, I, I still think it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think One Punch Man is quite good. It's very funny. You know, I, I really like that one. Mob Psycho 100 was pretty good as well um i think that one's still going as well so manga so yeah okay I, just, I, just anime I, I think it's good i think there's a i think there's a lot going on in manga and uh, there's a lot of creative people like new people coming up that um 
yeah, I think they deserve some praise, you know. But um, but when it comes to the animation, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the hand drawn animation is just too expensive to produce, and there's less of a desire for it because I mean you could produce something that does the job mm. but is done in, on a computer and just doesn't but just doesn't have the same feel it doesn't yeah. and all those all the animation guys from the 80s and 90s they're all kind of i mean now they're dying and yeah. you know and it's just it's a dying breed you know two more areas i want to get on that i think are debatably lacking we'll transition from anime to another nerdy one which is video games and then i want to get into like clubs or like Mm. Night nighttime clubs too. Sure, um, but yeah, I, I think you know the video game industry in Japan is not not that great uh, anymore. And there's been years, you know, I think like 2017. I felt oh things are coming back. You know, there's been a couple of good games this year coming out of Japan. And then you know our, our favorite podcast, No Secret, um, is eight four. And like when they it's supposed to be a Japanese video game podcast, and they really uh, I love the show, but they struggle to keep it to Japan just because it'd be. You'd be talking about the most, like, obscure indie homemade games, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to have a bi-monthly show only about Japanese games. Yeah, I, it's true. The, the output is less. I, I mean, the quality, I think, yeah, you still get some good releases, but I think it's not, the, like, once a month, you know? It's it's good to see companies like Capcom coming back, you know, because they're, um, they re- recently released a Resident Evil remake. People said the um, new Devil May Cry is good, too. Yeah, the new Devil May Cry, and then they have... Um, uh, Monster Hunter, you know, was a big hit. Mm-hmm. You know, you played some of that. Yeah, it was great. Um, but the the thing that I mean, I think it's expensive. It's it's kind of the same thing that happened to anime. It's expensive, mm-hmm. and the industry had to change. You know, and Japan is sometimes slow to change in some ways. And Japan I think that is has very slow to change. That has uh, definitely put hindered the uh, output from japan so i mean maybe the same amount of people and the same talented people are working on these games but um it's it's more expensive to produce a triple a game and uh, i think always when the graphic quality fidelity changes it, it it's hard to keep up with that you know and i think companies like capcom square enix um have struggled you know mm-hmm. you hear with some of the recent releases like um that front new front mission game came out the last uh, <laughs> uh, great. the last few or whatever that last night yeah but um uh obviously it just the quality is <clears throat> not there but i mean expectations are higher you know yeah and i think that's why we get iterations from well there's like competition Capcom from too. the western world and other countries i've talked about yeah, yeah. music you know the u.s of video games europe's really blowing up with developers as well yeah uh, yeah, so, so games definitely disappointing. You know, living here, I thought it'd be so cool. I'd like, be getting the Final Fantasies early and all that stuff. Or yeah. get, getting the ones that never come out back home. And yeah, I, I came uh, ten, 10 years too late for all that stuff for sure. Arcades too, I've gone on record to say, yeah, they're out there. Matt and I did a little bit different on this one. I, I think the arcades here are a little, little bit disappointing, a little bit didn't meet my expectations. I thought they'd be a little more prevalent or a little more like focused on retro games and stuff. Sometimes, um, I still say that. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of a lot of them in town. Yeah. I, you it just need a, to know where to look. I think it's a Kobe versus Osaka thing too. Maybe you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think in in Osaka there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I would agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Although Kobe has has a pretty cool one. I think the one that that's up. I, it's in one of the stations. I think the mint, near the Mint Building. Yeah, you have a. Uh, it's like that little you're mini Denden town in Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. neither. There, here there's nor some, there. but on the whole, yeah, you know, not not like I think of the barcade in the states. Yeah, and they got like the yeah, old Ninja Turtle, cool. the old yeah, Ninja yeah. Turtle games and stuff. I don't know. I couldn't find that anywhere in Kansai, man. Some of those games, you know, the classic games. Maybe that's just the difference between Western culture having japanese games that were bigger in the states than they were here kind of thing you sure, know sure. but when i think about it i think oh, like ninja this, turtles this is a konami game yeah. it's made i'm gonna go find that in japan nope it's in the u.s i'm like, sure that was a bigger hit in the west yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh i don't know for me i'll, I'll stick with that <laughs> i'm a little bit disappointed by that yeah clubbing and stuff like nightlife again I, I can't compare it to like the 90s you know my, my cultural heyday in japan but what i can compare it to are other cities and I just think, yeah, like, uh, the nightlife here for me is, I just don't, I mean, part of it's my age, too. You know, I have, I have a son now and stuff, but I can't tell you the last time I went out, like, dancing and stuff, where when we lived in Seoul, that was really fun. When I go to other cities, you know, I, 
might find the kind of obscure club that's going to play 90s music or you know 80s music even or just a certain genre we're here i've tried the couple times i've tried to go it's i just find places that play really mainstream music i can't kind of find a cool underground grant tokyo i think they they do exist um but still they're few and far between you know yeah i mean it's yeah it's hard to say because i live a much slower life here than than in korea but i, right. I, I but do you think, know what i mean yeah like, i do i do i would i korea, would definitely say korea has an amazing nightlife where uh, japan is I, I think also i think what happens in japan is people tend to st- stay to themselves more mm-hmm. often you know and you just stay with your group of friends and there's a lot less just mingling you know where in korea like i don't think you need to know everybody to just get, become a part of the party yeah. the party right where um what? here it's a it's a it's a stereotype right i mean it's a common one that you know the um they have the japanese people have this shell that needs to be cracked before you get to like you know really know somebody right yeah but um but i feel like that that does impact the it's, nightlife and impact just, you know it doesn't make going sense out. to me because again for a place that's so like fashionable and has such a famous music industry how do you not then have a, a place to go and the bar japanese bars man are everywhere there's more bars in japan i feel like it's not a fact but this is my feeling there's got to be more bars here than anywhere else in the world like per concentration how do you not have clubs but think about the best nights you've had i think that the, everything is on a smaller scale and i think that the music industry if you're going to sell records and you're an independent artist it's a small scale you're selling to like the people that are really into the type of music you're making i feel like nightlife kind of goes that way too if you go to a tiny place and there's not that many people they might be really passionate and a little more you know welcoming and stuff right Right. whereas on the big scale i think it's yeah i don't don't know where in the world you go to a big club and it's going to be playing like the coolest music right probably yeah, it's maybe, not, maybe might not be the best music, but, but what I'm like saying, Seoul is good for a good example. Yeah, of, sure. But that's my expectation is just a place like Ska or Gogo is like in Seoul, like a place that could hold a hundred people, but it's gonna play you know good music every weekend. That you could go dance to. That's what I'm. I'm not saying like it's gonna be this mainstream well, thing. I think Japan has had a lot the, all the anti dancing laws and right, stuff. Right. I mean, the, no, those I, were, I know why it is. I'm I just mean, saying those were institutionalized for a, such a long period of time that I think it, it could have only affected. You know, I mean, it had to have affected the the club scene and the night scene. And I think you have that going for so long, it's gonna take a while before people incorporate like the rave culture or whatever it is you know yeah. like more I, you know yeah, i don't know this for a fact so again i wasn't here culture. but i feel like in the 90s in tokyo and shibuya and stuff there was definitely a club kind of culture yeah you know some underground alternative i know like for, like we like goth stuff and like the gang girl style they had these crazy clubs there's a special style of dancing i can't remember it para para i think it's called i knew about it from the nerd uh konami Bimani video games because oh, yeah, they even yeah. made a game version but it's like all these like crazy weird hand gestures and the pre-routine dances um all that stuff you know like it's just gone now so i think some of that you know there are those big big concerts that have like you know the um glow stick dances oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that so it's found new forms but it's yeah. not the underground cool culture you know that well at least in my opinion that i get the vibe that it was I, that's something that always does kind of disappoint me you know why do you think of other competing cities for cool you know london new york it's it's Seoul. definitely a different vibe yeah. I, in, my, in my opinion and i think kind of to wrap wrap up you know my thoughts on this topic i i think that you know if you do want a cool japan i i think you're gonna get a better experience if you look for a smaller more intimate japan you know um I mean, it's just going by my experience. Yeah. Doing things on a, on a smaller scale have always been more beneficial. Like going to like a small restaurant that had a music night or something. Mm-hmm. I've had a better time than going to like a big event, you know, or um, or a more mainstream event. You know, I mean, it's just my. I think opinion, if you, if you but tell someone a cob- me, caveat cool. of how to enjoy a city or a country, it's probably not the coolest in the world. That's what I think. Because I think it was like really the best of the best, which I think we're both in agreement in the 90s it was. Oh, then I'm just anyone could come and just be like, this is amazing. You yeah, know? you could say that, but you know, what's going to be cool to me is cool to, is right, right. Be so different right. to somebody else. At the end know? of the day, and I'm just speaking 
this is what's cool in you know in from my opinion in my opinion for us japan and the city of tokyo still the coolest places in the world right yeah, for us I for sure so, yeah. i just think it's maybe less of a unanimous decision among the people who like the kind of things that we like that we've determined i think you know 10 15 years ago you asked that question and you're gonna get more people who live here for long term i think who are fully like yeah i go visit other places and i just think yeah i'm so glad i live where i live you know not not as cool you know mm-hmm. um where i think now you might you get some people who do go to these other cities and you kind of hit on something earlier japan is very slow to change and i think with technology and things you know some cities are advancing in other ways they have really cool uber eats or we are getting it now uh, just things like that uber eats bike sharing programs you know yeah um what's the taxi one called uh uber uber <laughs> yeah there you are yeah, yeah. uh airbnb all, all yeah. that kind of stuff like these new business models uh like kind of cool hostel hotels and stuff you know very like community driven type things you know the kind of portland culture we've been talking about lately on the show um i do think japan's falling behind in that and for people who are into that stuff yeah i think for a unanimous decision you know it might it might uh waver that kind of cultural capital or that being said a magazine i really like monocle you know their tokyo's always i think two years last year i made their top city in the world and it's always like it's up there um so that's more of a probably unbiased kind of kind of view confirming that i guess for me yeah it doesn't really disappoint i talked about some things that are disappointing on on the whole but then it makes up for it and kind of all the ways like we talked about our vacation a little bit more than living here i think but all those things that we kind of liked on the vacation still like now you know they they have not gotten boring or tiring after five years they're still just as awesome i still have i live in japan moments all the time and (laughs) i just think i gotta eat what am i doing man i haven't had ramen in two months i gotta go go eat ramen more you know i haven't gone to arcade what am i doing i came to japan because i love (laughs) arcades like go go out and go yeah that stuff happens all the time i I mean my wife and i we went to like a karaoke chain last night but Mm -hmm. then it was one of those moments where yeah we could just do this if we want you know like Mm -hmm. it's cool it's a cool thing to do it's easy to forget yeah all the cool stuff we could take things for granted but uh yeah I, I don't know i've been to a lot of places around the world and so far you know i've never found a place that competes with japan yeah my wife and i both you know work at international schools which means it's very easy to go anywhere in the world and teach because we're you know we speak english and you know it's the lingua francois and uh but yeah you romanticize you go for two days and you know new york or something or london and, oh man this would kind of be cool here but by the time i'm done by the time i go home i'm always like nah there's too much man i miss about japan you know and even within japan like we don't live in tokyo and i can always kind of romanticize about you know going there and that's kind of like my uh what do you call it you know the thing i look, the white look, whale look, look yeah. forward to doing my grill yeah so, yeah yeah uh yeah i guess in sum it all Japan's definitely still cool i think the way it's cool might be a little bit different than it was in the 90s you know it's maybe change its focus a bit yeah but uh definitely still cool coolest in the world yeah i think that's debatable i would say it's not unanimous like it kind of once was if that is even possible you know but for me it's definitely coolest in the world i still see i still think you see a lot of people like looking to japan for you know what they're doing with fashion and things like oh, that I, I, think I would when, argue when for the, that that end when that that stuff ends then you can make the argument that japan isn't I cool anymore but for, i think of the kind of categories we have right maybe music kind of food get, you know our kind of gaming otaku stuff and yeah. Yeah, fashion for me I think the thing that stayed truest since the 90s, like strongest, is actually the fashion. And design. I would, fashion I would throw and that design. in there too, yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not computer, not digital design, but, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, if it's like logo design or, or like, you know, layout design. I mean, that's more boring stuff, but I, I still think um, uh, just design in general is always... Oh, yeah. You know, people are always looking to Japan for, like, inspiration. Yes, I agree. And I, I don't think that's ending anytime soon. Right, right, right. So that's something I think they're un- unwavering. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. So um, I guess the song of the show. Song uh, of the show. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We've got to do our, our housekeeping. Yeah. Um, you have a song yeah, of the so, show? Yeah, I'll, I'll right. do one. I'll do housekeeping and you think about what you'll say. Okay. All right. Uh, yep. So we are all over the internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. 
We are on Instagram, and we have um, a WordPress page. You should definitely check that out. Uh, Japan 2.0, spell out point, and you'll find us there. Today, I just posted a nice little city view of the Dojima River. No one ever gives Dojima River a lot of love. That's one of my favorite areas of Osaka. Yeah. Uh, look it up. Check it out. Look at the photo. It's got a very kind of like Western-influenced view of Japan. A lot of like highways, spaghetti style. I always call them. Looks like a bowl of spaghetti. Um, highways wrapping around each other over the river and kind of very Western buildings, high rises. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matt put up uh, some uh, family chicky uh, little Chocolates, twist, little yeah. twist on the family chicky at the convenience store. So those are some of our more recent posts. Go check those out. And Matt, song of the show. Well, before that, I okay. just want to call out to all of our listeners. Um, yeah. We're looking for reviews, so please review and rate our podcast. Yeah, we got you two know. two recent reviews, which are awesome. Uh, one of them said, we're not always uh, the most expert opinions, but things we say are interesting. And I would agree with that. That's a very honest critique. I think that's something we said in like the first, the intro episode where we were like, yeah, we're yeah. Ne- experts on nothing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't believe us. <laughs> we say something we don't have might not have the the i don't know the knowledge to back it but and then we had a you know old long time listener very very great review you know so yeah if you've been a long time listener uh shout out to troy troy yeah Yeah. like like our man troy don't uh don't forget to give us the rating even people contact people have been contacting us about patreon and instead of doing patreon instead of giving us money just give us your time and write a little review yep yep so uh, and That's your way to, to repay us. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, don't, don't forget to send if you have a idea for any episodes, or future qu- episodes, qu- yeah, or questions. questions yeah. You know, please send them our way. We, you yeah, know, we're always happy to respond. We've kind of done like we get probably our most popular questions are like travel kind of based questions. In terms of podcasting, we feel we've kind of done everything we can with like a travel guide. You know, especially the recent. I mean, the reason why we did it is because we were getting it a lot. The kind of was a 14-day guide to Japan. Right. So if you have travel questions, you know, listen to that or choose the kind of city ones that we have. That being said, if you got a quick, really fast question or something like that, ha- definitely happy to answer it. Um, but any, anything else, yeah, besides kind of travel stuff, ask this question and we'll do a whole podcast episode on it, you know. Yeah. We, we love doing that. That's like kind of like one of our favorite things about having a community is then turning that into like a longer episode. And, you know, it's kind of like a back-and-forth relationship. Yep. Give us an idea, then we'll do a show on it. Look forward to hearing from all of you. Song of the show. Yeah, so uh, Stutz is one Stutz. of those hip-hop artists yeah. that I, I really like. referring liked. to before. And, um, yeah, yeah. His LP's coming out. I have it pre-ordered on Tower Records. It's going to be shipped to my 7-Eleven. Yeah. Super excited Living about the that. Cool Living Japan, the dream. Cool Japan, baby. Cool Japan. Um, but this song is called Sticky Step, and it's got Chincha Dopeness, oh, one, man, of our, man. one of our favorite MCs, uh, modern MCs. And it's got another MC. I'm sorry if I, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he's not listening, but I'm sorry I forgot your name. But um, but this song Second is like, to, to me, I, I, on this album, this, I really like this album. You've listened to some of it. You said you were not. So-so. Yeah. You were so-so on it. But um, but this de- song is definitely the standout on the right, album. I look forward and, to it. Yeah. And uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Until next time, stay cool. ノルコの波のペ今流れに任せてもアイドンケアシンプルに来ること倍だってファンクなステップフロアに待ちらしていくつめれダイブステキ Yes, you 